You are listening to South Niagara Conversations, a podcast presented by the South Niagara Chambers of Commerce, along with 105.1 The River and 101.1 More FM. Here are your hosts, Dolores Fabiano and Scott Lunn. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks to everyone who's joined us for our South Niagara Conversation series. Joining me is my co-host, Scott Lunn, General Manager of 101, 101.1 The River. Uh, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. It's such a mouthful, Scott. Introduce yourself. <laughs> uh, thanks, Loris. Uh, 105.1 The River and 101.1 uh, more. When we started moving the points around, it got complicated for everyone. It's so confusing. I, I mess it up almost every week. <laughs> Thanks for saving me there. How are you doing this morning, Scott? I'm doing well. I'm trying to figure out we have a long weekend ahead of us, but what is the point of a long weekend anymore? So I'm trying to figure out how to make that work. Well, a, a long week during a polar vortex? You know, just keep throwing it at us. Why yeah, not? You <laughs> Why not? Well, I also want to give a shout out to um, our tech sponsor, Brian LaChapelle from B4 Networks. He, uh, Brian and his team always make us sound so good. Uh, thank you, Brian. All right. Thanks, uh, thanks Dolores. Sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. No problem. So this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the mental impact that this pandemic is having on, on so many of us. Um, we've all been living in a different world for, for almost a year now. And I think it's impossible um, to not have been impacted in, in some way. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Um, Scott, who do we have joining us this morning? Uh, Dolores, this morning we are welcoming uh, longtime mental health advocates, Lane and Helga Campbell, and uh, Jeannie Hostetter from the communities, who is a community and business service manager for the Family Counseling Center with Family and Children's Services. So welcome to all of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today. This is certainly a, a very uh, timely and important topic with everything that's, that's going on. Uh, uh, Wayne and Helga, we'll start with you. You've both seen uh, firsthand what mental health challenges can do. And here we are in a, in a pandemic. I'm not even sure what wave we're in anymore, uh, but it just keeps going. And, what has been the biggest issue, do you think, affecting mental health uh, during this time in the pandemic? Well, I think if I, if I may start, um, I've seen it uh, specifically impacting our grandson and our daughter. Uh, our daughter teaches grade two uh, and our grandson started high school. Imagine starting high school under these conditions. And we all think back to our high school days. Those yeah. were the days where, where we had fun with our friends, you know, and it was a whole new experience. And he is in a deep depression. Yeah. Um, the, the way the school started, it was at high school, it's they have two in-class sessions, wearing masks, not talking to each other. The whole day is spent on one subject. Remember, we used to circle or, you know, go from one class to the next, uh, spent with one teacher, one subject. They can't talk to each other. They get a little break. Our grandson is not, um, he's, he's uh, very likable, very personable, but he's not one to initiate a conversation. And he ended up, and they, the way they did it, they put kids into cohorts of 15 and they had to do it that way because the government wouldn't reduce the class sizes and that's why we ended up with the two 
two classes in, two classes at home, or two, two days in, two days at home, uh, and then a third day of kind of catch up. Uh, so that limited the kids to 15. And he was with a cohort where he knew nobody. There was not one kid in his class that he knew from before. And he's not the kind that will initiate, you know, hi, how are you or whatever. So during break time, he'd just sit in the class yeah. and yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't take the break. And that he got really depressed and, and started falling behind. And then, of course, it went to online. And then he's, he couldn't stop sleeping. So the, when you're talking about mental health, it really impacted on him. And first of all, he's ADHD to begin with, and he is medicated for that, which really helps him. And he, he's very aware of, you know, how the medication has helped him. Um, but then this depression that hit, uh, when, they, when it, they announced that they were going back to school now after... Um, I guess just this week, he was supposed to go back uh, for his first day of classes on Wednesday. He didn't sleep the whole night before, cried, cried, did, did dry heaving, um, and he couldn't go. He, he just, it's, he's so afraid of being as depressed as he was before. And in fact, as a result, um, the doctor did put him on Prozac trying to deal with the depression and the anxiety that this is all caused. My heart just breaks for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and this is not the high school experience that you want, uh, you know, your grandson to have. And, and plus there's more than just uh, talking with people. There's sports. There's no sports. I mean, uh, that is probably one of the most important activities. And it's not because of, for athletics or anything like that. It's just, it's a stress reliever. Yeah. And uh, they're not doing anything. Well, there's no stress relief in any way. Yeah, no buddies none. to hang out with. No, you know, the kind of fun you have. No extracurricular activities, nothing. And then I mentioned my daughter um, who teaches grade uh, two. And she is also on medication for um, anxiety and depression. Uh, I mean, that's just her mental health. And, and that's been, you know, she's been able to function with all the medication. However, with the, the, the um, for her to be able to teach online, she had to learn how to teach online. Contrary to what was out there that they were all trained. No, they weren't. No, they trained. weren't trained. It was so, terrible. you know, there were days where I thought she was close to a breakdown in trying to uh, manipulate the the technology in order to do, deliver it. And she's one of these people that if she's not doing it really well, she gets really stressed about, you know, her inability to do what she wants to do. So it was, it was pretty tough. She finally got the hang of it where I felt that, okay, she's going to be okay. <laughs> she's, you know, she's, she's doing it and, and she's good. So she was really glad to get back to oh, school. Yeah. yeah. Really glad because for her being at home, because she was at home, having to run her classes, just like we're talking right now, only she's talking to her kids uh, on the screen. Plus her two kids were doing their online stuff, so she couldn't help them. Actually, Helga's gone over there a couple of times to uh, help Aiden yeah. with uh, his studies. Uh, he just couldn't do it on his own. 
well, he needed he needed, needed that, that kind of motivation to keep him on on task, and uh, so we did manage to get him through, and he passed all his courses. So that was that was good, and and I think right now they're they're hoping. I think they're working on trying to get him online instead of in school because it's it's just seems really difficult for him to do that. Well, thank you so, for sharing that. Um, I think, you, you know, the, the one word that that comes to my mind, you know, when I hear stories like this is empathy, um, you know, especially around the teachers. There's I feel like there's a lot of negative comments um, um, thrown at teachers, you know, oh, they're they're working from home. They're not really working. They have it so easy. <laughs> and, <clears throat> you, you know, if you have a little empathy, I mean, just just think about it. Many of us are working from home, so they're no different. Um, many of us were better equipped to work from home. Uh, teachers, you're right, uh, weren't really prepared to do that. So there's a learning curve for sure. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you. Sometimes it's hard to keep adults engaged in this type of format. I don't know how you do it with, you know, a, a grade two student. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of stress and, and you still have to deliver the curriculum. You still have to be teaching. And then on top of that, you have your own family and your own children yeah. that, that you're also trying to keep. <laughs> and she's you know, a single mom. Right. And so I think, you know, whether it's a teacher or a frontline worker or, or you know, a student, if, if we just have a little empathy in our hearts, um, I think we all get through this a lot better. Um, Jeannie, I, I want to go to you. I mean, what, what are you seeing? You're, you're working with a lot of children as well. You've got the, the center. Uh, what do you see coming through your doors? Um, first of all, I just want to say hats off to the parents um, and the teachers out there right now who are doing this at home. Thankfully, my own kids are young adults. And I have said so many times through this, I honestly don't know how I would have done it if um, if I was having to work and having to school them at home. And I think the homeschool works for some, but not so much for others. So I know I have one that it would not have worked for. So um, definitely I agree. We've got to have empathy for the teachers that are trying to, to keep this together. And it's just always that unknown, right? We don't know how long. Um, and that's hard, not just for the kids, but for, for all of us. One of my colleagues described it as, it's like the goalpost keeps moving further and further away. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we like, we just don't. So, I mean, definitely as a counseling center, we are seeing an influx of, of calls, um, not just for, for the young kids, um, the teenagers hugely affected by, by this, the isolation and um, like Wayne and Helga, like you said, this is a time when high school it's, it's social and it's, it should be, one of the best experiences. Um, and then I think that for teenagers, they just retreat. So mm -hmm. um, like just to get them motivated because there is nothing. And then they start to stress about their future because we've always told them you're in high school. Let's look, let's think about what are we gonna do? What, what does this look like two years from now? We don't even know what two months looks like from now. So yeah. um, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a tough time and um, and even from my colleagues. So I, I work with a wonderful, wonderful group of, of therapists who are, most of them are parents. So just hearing the different stories from them, um, from their children who are different ages, um, 
like the little ones, the little ones, as much as we think, oh, they're adapting, not so much. I think you're finding children who maybe have exhibited zero signs of anxiety or the most well-adjusted children were starting to see behavioral issues um, and just acting out and not being able to name their feelings. So they, they just can't name it. They don't know what, what they're feeling. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a tough time for sure. Yeah. I'm concerned about the long-term effects. Yeah. You know, you make such a good point in, in every um, podcast that we've had um, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've always talked about how, you know, the aftermath of this isn't, isn't happening right now. We're, we're going to see it, you know, 20, sh- sh- sure, towards the end of this year, but 2022, I think, is when we're really going to start to see some of the effects of this pandemic. Um, you would agree with that, Scott? That's pretty much what we've been saying all along. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the uncertainty, and I think that plays such a role, as, you know, as everyone has alluded to this morning, as to it's the uncertainty that's causing as much stress, I think, as, as anything else, because we don't know what the future holds. And, and I guess the, the question I would ask is um, how, how, you know, certainly it's difficult for, for youth and the younger someone is and, and you know, affects the communication ability to, to express their feelings, but um, even for adults, I mean, uh Jeannie, maybe you can address this first um, with the therapists and, and those folks. What are they recommending? I mean, I know it's not a one one answer doesn't fit everyone, but there's got to be a few things that everybody are, are pointing to, to, whether it's exercise or, or I don't know, to try and, and ease this tension. Yeah, um, definitely. And again, I go back to the, the, the teens that can tend to retreat within their, their rooms. And it's, I guess it's easy for us to say, but we need to try and get them, get the kids outside and away from that screen um, and just try to, to get them moving, um, even if it's a walk. And you know what, I say that and it's easy to say, cause I'll say to my kids, hey, let's go for a walk. And it's like, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's hard, but you get them moving for sure. Um, and self-care for us as parents and caregivers. Um, we need to try and find that time for ourselves so that we have we can give that to, to the kids and um, they need to see us taking care of ourselves and set that example and get out there because um, we have to have something left. I think, you know, I think it is the isolation that, that is, is one of the really tough parts of all of this. Uh, like you said, the kids in their room, and I see that with our, with uh, both our grandkids. They're in their room. They're in their room. You know, they've got the screen, yes, for learning, but they're on their on their uh, devices uh, because they have nothing else. They they're not playing with friends. They're not having friends over. Um, you know, it, it's that isolation and and lack of contact. And when you talk about long term effects, you know, what what is that doing to their growth? socially emotionally you know because they're not engaging with others they're engaging with their screens basically um and you know what is the long-term impact of of that kind of um that space of time that we're in and that they're in basically it's a year of their life of their growing life Yeah, one of the one of the other themes pretty consistent throughout our podcast is the fact that people are um, creating new habits 
And, um, you know, those are going to be tough to change uh, once we do get out of this. I, I know that personally, I mean, isolation is one thing. I'm, I, I'm lucky that I have, you know, family and, and good friends that I'm, you know, constantly texting. And I guess modern technology is great because we can stay somewhat connected. But for me, um, you know, the constant um, onslaught of news, uh, bad news, and I know that just before the holidays, I guess it was when they announced the uh, new new variant uh, that came out of the UK. I remember watching that that news report, and I'm usually a fairly optimistic person. You know, the glass is always half full. Uh, but I watched that, and for some reason, that just really hit me. I, I just felt overwhelmed. I, 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 it scared me. I, I thought, oh, oh my God, you know, now, now what, now what do we do? And, um, I, I talked to some friends about it and, you know, they, they, um, they rallied around me and it, it was great, but, but I found that I had to stop watching the news and, uh, you, you know, I, I would watch the national uh, at bedtime. And that was the last thing that I would have in my mind. And I started having trouble sleeping. And so what I did was I, um, I found something else to watch. And, and now before I go to bed, I watch this great little Canadian series called Heartland, one of the cheesiest shows out there, but I learned that it's the longest running Canadian series, um, but it's charming, it's sweet, and personally, it's really helped me um, because now I, I fall asleep to that and um, I don't have those heavy, heavy thoughts. So I think there are things that, that we have to identify for ourselves. Hmm. For me, it was certainly you know, I just, I just need to pause all of the bad news. I, I know I need to know what's going on, but I don't need to know 24 hours a day. Are, are you guys experiencing stuff like that? Or, you know, how, how are you? Well, it? well I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I relate to what you're saying when you, when you were talking about the effect of hearing about the, the variant, now the variant coming into play. And I think it's that sense of this is never going to end. Right. This is never ending. And, and I, you know, that, that kind of gets you into a, a bad place because you, you, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. There, yeah. there doesn't seem to be a light. And, and I think, you know, one of the things I related to as you were talking was, thank God Trump was defeated. Because, because talk about talk about the polar vortex. It was you know, and the news every day, you know, and I was like, oh, please get me out of this. Yeah. So, you know, that did lift, uh, lift things a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's, it's that sense of, when is this going to end? I've developed an earworm that uh, every morning I sing it to myself. Here we go round the mulberry bush, the mulberry bush, the mulberry bush. <laughs> <laughs> it, it certainly feels like that. And, yeah. and you know, the other thing that I, I realized that I needed to laugh every day. And, yeah. and uh, we've been watching reruns of Big Bang Theory. And that, no, we've even if we've seen it before, at least one out loud laugh yeah at least one because it just and that helps you know just laughing and i know that that 
sort of releases stuff inside you too that that helps with feeling better. There's so much value in that. Uh, so my daughter and I have started watching, and, and sometimes my husband will join us too, although he'll deny it, but we've started watching um, Desperate Housewives um, series from years ago. Yeah, so I remember it. Season one, and we're almost we're almost wrapping up season season eight, but just hilarious, crazy, yes. um, and I love binge watching like that because it just gives you something to focus on. Yeah. But yeah, laugh out loud, and you just really forget. Like there's there's such yeah. great value um, in in that kind of of thing. And Jeannie, you talked about you know getting out and walking, and um, you know before we we went on, live on the call. Uh, we were talking about our, our, our puppies, and, and I'm sure at some point you will hear my, my crazy little puppy. But that has been uh, a bit of a godsend for us, too, because she's almost a year now. But um, it doesn't matter if we have a polar vortex or not. <laughs> Twice a day, we are out walking that dog. And, uh, you know, we're clicking about five kilometers a day consistently. Oh, good. And wow. uh, we break it up. But, you know, getting out, uh, getting fresh air, uh, sometimes, you know, we just talk the whole time that we're walking. Sometimes we don't talk at all. And um, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's just getting out, um, getting some fresh air, exercising, seeing neighbors. You know, you can't get too close, but you can certainly wave and, hey, how's everybody doing? Um, and just staying connected in, in that little bit. <clears throat> Uh, really, really seems to help as as well. So it's a good point. Good point, Jeannie. You need to, to force those kids out there. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we've got some great areas, uh, walking areas. We're lucky here in the Niagara area. We're able to do that. I have a friend who, um, God love her, she has five little ones. Um, so they built a skate skating rink in the front yard. Um, just kind of rethinking how we're doing things. Um, and yet skating takes a lot of work to keep those things up, but for them, it's been wonderful just to, it's right outside the door. Um, and I know there are some skating areas in Niagara. I'm not sure what's open and what's not. And I think that's the other thing with the news. You just have to take a break sometimes because half the time I don't understand what's going on. Um, cause you'll hear one announcement and then it's like, okay, what does this mean? Right. Um, so we don't even know. So this, I don't know what color we're, what color zone we're going to be in. What does that look no. like? Um, no idea. So I need to turn it off too, Dolores. I get that escape from reality for a little bit because it really doesn't, it doesn't help because it just leaves more questions sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, uh, you, you know, there have been some good things that have come out of this pandemic, mm -hmm. as strange as that sounds. But I, I think back to what my week was like um, before the pandemic. And I scratch my head and, and think like, what an idiot. <laughs> I mean, I would, you know, run all day long and, you know, would, would, would rush to get into the office an hour before everybody else so I could get some work done. Mm -hmm. um, and then we would have events, you know, a couple nights a week. And so, you know, your day would start at 7 a.m. and you wouldn't get home till 10 a.m. and you did that, you know, every week. Uh, why? <laughs> you know, it was just crazy. And now, you, you know, we've kind of put a hold on all of those things. And most of us are working from home and we're very focused and we're getting lots of good work done. Um, but, but we have a better balance. At least I do. 
Mm. Um, you know, I, I am getting out for a, a walk with the dog. And, you know, I try and do that at lunchtime uh, for the first walk of the day. And then after work, I'll do that. A year ago, I worked through lunch. Uh, never mind, yeah. never mind going out for a walk. Uh, I, I was lucky to drink a bottle of water <laughs> at yeah. lunch, right? And I think so many of us um, were like that, where, you know, you just got to go, go, go. There's always more to do. There's always more to do. There's always more that you can add. And the weekends were no better because the social calendar was, you know, you, you could barely keep track of where you were supposed to be and who you were with. And, and that was all fun. Um, and some of that I miss, but, but I think, you know, coming out of this, we're going to be a little smarter. Um, I hope we are anyways, and, and hopefully our lives will be a little more balanced, if that makes sense. Did yeah. anybody else feel the same way? Oh, for sure. Well, really go ahead. It has slowed us down. And um, so there definitely, there are some positive things that we're taking from this, um, and that would be one. I mean, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie, Dolores, I do miss some of the chamber evening events. <laughs> uh, I do too. <laughs> um, but even some of, again, back to some of the parents I've talked about, you think about when the kids are little and you're, it's, it's hockey practice. It's everybody's being pulled in every direction. Um, one of the moms said um, when she was homeschooling, when school was at home, the difference in the morning routine. Um, just set the pace for the day. So nobody had a stomach ache. Nobody was crying. They didn't want to go to school. Um, and same with that night. So um, Helga, you and Wayne were talking about your grandson, how that anxiety at night kept him up. Um, whereas when everybody was at home, bedtime was bedtime. And it just, it seemed that they kids would settle a little more. They weren't anxious about the next day. Um, so, I mean, there were definite positives from that, but I do agree that it has forced us all to slow down. And I don't know that we'll go back to that busy, busy. I don't even know what we're going back to, to be honest That's with you. True. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, since we're retired, we don't have the, the job thing to, you know, that that's making a difference. So every day was kind of different for us as it was, you know, without having uh, work responsibilities. However, what I found in talking to uh, other friends that are retired, um, a common theme has been, you know, you have all this time now and we can get at stuff in the house that needs to be gotten at um, because you never seem to have time, but nobody wants to do it. You know, it's like, okay, but I don't want to. And, and what, it's like there's no motivation for anything because it, it, it's that kind of thing that's set in, you know. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like like we're at a, a, a time standstill, I guess. Yeah, it makes, that, no that makes sense to me because um, I and, and we've talked about this before, Scott, as well. You know, we're we're busy because we're working, um, we're we're focused, uh, we're doing more with less resources. Um, we, we we have a focus each and every day, and I think that's for me personally what keeps me sane because I'm I'm not focused um, every minute of every day on on what's happening, uh, you know, in the news um, because I have a job to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones because I, I can put all of my energy in, into doing that. 
Um, how do you feel, Scott? Like, is, is it the same for you? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I actually uh, lucky here. I have a separate. We all have separate offices, and I come to the office uh, because I I just need that reason to you know get dressed, have a shower, and and actually uh, make a move in the morning. Otherwise, uh, I think <laughs> I would be I would be too tempted to stare at the TV and watch the news and uh, and do all those things that you know we are finding makes you feel worse. So uh, I, I need that, but. Um, I think, you know, again, that comes back to fortunate, but there are a lot of people who are, are who really are completely isolated and, and have nothing to, uh, because they can't even see family. Cool. And um, I'm not sure what happens in that case. You know, how do you stay focused? And that comes back to self-care, but how do you, you know, how do you look after yourself if you're, you know, sitting by yourself day in and day out? Yeah, you, you know, so, you make such a good point. I think the routine is so important. Uh, and, and I know, I know, I already know that, you know, when, when we're all back in the office in that crazy pace or, or, or uh, a balanced version of that crazy pace, I'm going to kick myself for not, um, you know, uh, staying in my pajamas uh, for some of the days because I've really stuck to my, my pre-COVID schedule. So I try and get up at the same time. I, you know, have, have my coffee, my breakfast, certain mornings where I work out. Um, I put on my makeup, I take my shower, I brush my teeth, I get dressed as though I'm going for work. Uh, although sometimes I am wearing, you know, yoga pants on the bottom, but, but not all the time. Um, but I try and maintain that routine. Um, <clears throat> because I think if I got out of that routine, at some point when I have to get back into that routine, uh, it, it'll just be too hard. Um, and, and I have talked to some people who, uh, you know, have partners that, that they're concerned about because, you know, well, gosh, you know, like they don't brush your teeth when they get up in the morning, like they, they stay in their jammies all day. I, I don't think that that's necessarily a good thing. I, I think some structure um, and, and maintaining some of those routines are, are probably um, pretty important. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that... Uh, for, for the exact reason you're talking about is just to put yourself into some kind of a routine rather than, okay, today's another day and then what? Uh, going for a walk regularly just to get outside and exercise. But I also started to get back into piano. Like when I retired, I decided to learn how to play piano. So I, I spent a couple of years uh, and then a whole life happened <laughs> like bunch of things happened where that stopped so I'm back into I started right from the beginning of the book getting back into the piano just so that my day has as you say has some kind of structure of stuff that I do want to do I don't want to clean house and I don't want it but but you know I do want to do the piano I do want to walk and and so I think that's really important to put stuff into your house into your day that uh, makes you that it's good for your good for yourself yeah, I think that's important too. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sensitive to the fact that um, there are a lot of people who who lost jobs during this time, oh. um, you know, who, who just don't have the means and, and that <clears throat> certainly is depressing in itself. Um, but there are things that, you know, you, you don't need money to do to, to, to take care of yourself. Um, you, you know, getting outside for that walk, um, you know, may, maybe having some regular um, game nights with your kids. It, it could be, 
you know, you play hangman um, or whatever it's called these days, or, you know, X's and O's, or, um, you know, it doesn't have to be anything that you have to make a financial investment in, but just um, things that, that, um, you know, get the family together. Um, and again, you know, we come to those people who are, are truly isolated. I, I think about, I think about the seniors. I think about people who are truly living in a home by themselves and um, that, that would be hard. That would be hard. I, I um, you know, I, I, I hope that they have people in their lives that, that can at least check in. And um, I know that I have, um, I've talked about my parents before, they're both 80 years old. And uh, I, you know, we call regularly, uh, probably every day we, we chat for a little while, but every Saturday morning um, for years now, is my morning to pick up coffee and go and, and spend an hour with my parents and just, you know, we, we, we gossip the whole time. Right. Um, and during this pandemic, I mean, it's been a little harder to do. And sometimes it's been, they've been on the inside and I've been on the outside and we open up the window and uh, you know, they drink their coffee and I drink mine and that's how we chat. But that, that, that commitment, that routine um, we've continued with because, they are isolated, you, you, you know, um, they're not going out. Um, for a while I was doing their groceries, so they weren't even getting out to the grocery store. And I think that little bit of contact certainly was a highlight of their week. Um, but I, I, I worry about seniors who, who maybe don't have any contact at all. I, Dolores, I can't tell you how many widows I have spoken to because they recognize me even with the mask on at, at grocery stores. Yeah. And they're not there to shop. They're there just for social reasons. I know. I mean, I can't imagine uh, being single, uh, living in downtown Toronto in an apartment building that doesn't have any outdoor amenities. Right. Oh, that's that has to have a terrible, terrible effect mentally and physically yes. on seniors. Yes, that's a that, that in my mind that's a huge concern, and it you got it almost like the hardest part about going for a walk is putting your shoes on. Once you got your shoes on, it's You're easy, right. right? You're so right. You know, if, you make me laugh because <clears throat> every day for the last you know week and a half with with this real cold weather. Um, you know, we look at each other, we look at the dog and it's like, you know, we could just let her go in the backyard and run around. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, we persevere and, and the tough part is putting on the coat and the scarves and the boots. And, but once we get walking, it, you know, yeah. it, it's yeah. fine. So yeah. you're absolutely right. And, and it's just about every day that we have that debate with ourselves. <laughs> really good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it is certainly escapism to be able to do things like that, to get out and get some and be one with nature. But but I'm wondering, Jeannie, for you, are you seeing, because I mean, escapism is part of this. And one of the things that a lot of people, I think, uh, will lean on a little bit is is a few more trips to the liquor store or, or what have you to ease that tension. And Jeannie, have you seen a lot of that sort of thing ramp up, I guess, uh, during this time? Because it does help people, I guess, maybe it doesn't help, but the thought process is that it would help, I guess, uh, relax things a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's probably up across the board, um, addictions of, of every nature. And 
Um, and certainly that opens up a whole whole rabbit hole of things because then then you're looking at the increase in domestic violence and getting yeah. a full number of like just different avenues. Um, but yeah, definitely we're seeing a little bit, well, quite a bit more of people calling um, with that as that that's kind of their vice through this. Um, and another thing that it's on the increase um, are couples. Um, so couples who maybe now are working at home together all the time, or maybe one has lost their job. Um, that's been a huge um, in calls to, to the counseling center to just with, um, yeah, just that recognition of, Oh God, it's you again. Um, so. <laughs> well, when people ask me how we're doing, I, I, I usually respond, well, my wife and I are still talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, that's important. I, I, I can see that it, that would create a lot of problems if, if you didn't get along with your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what's the uh, what's the word uh, proximity breeds contempt <laughs> something like that <laughs> yeah. it's a, um, I think that uh, um, it is going to get better but we can't let our defenses down we still have to social distance we still have to wear the mask. And uh, I think that that's going to go on for several months, maybe even into the summertime, unfortunately. But it's, uh, it's going to be a tough time for a lot of people. I can't imagine not having an income. I mean, uh, with a family, like that, that stress has got to be unbelievable. And stress is, is not what's happening around you stresses what's happening inside you in your body as a result of what's happening around you. And from my experience, there's got to be a lot of stressed out people out there. And that manifests itself in psychological problems, but also manifests itself in, in uh, uh, physiological problems. Um, just when you're your self-defense is get down, you're more prone to uh, illness, to falls, uh, to a huge number of events. It's just, uh, there's, there's a lot of stress out there today. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, I think the challenge will be for the, for the folks at the top, the government folks, is to find that balance between keeping us safe from a pandemic, but at the same time, Making sure we don't go so far the other way uh, the, 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 that the pressure on the healthcare system through mental health is going to outweigh the damage done by the pandemic. It's not a decision I'd want to have to be responsible for, but it's it's a big challenge for those, those folks. You know, one of the things that uh, I've heard or there's been conversations around is how during this pandemic, a lot of us are reflecting on what we have to be thankful for. You know, because just as we're talking about the people that don't have an income that, that lost their jobs and all of that. So those of us that that aren't in that situation sit back and say, boy, you know, stop complaining about the trivial stuff uh, and recognize, you, you know, all the things you have to be thankful for. So I, I think it, it, it's given a lot of us some time to reflect 
on what's important and what's not important. Um, just because, as, as you say, uh, Dolores, you're not so busy with your day-to-day -day stuff, you have more time for that kind of self-reflection. And, and I think it, it, it will come that our, we're going to be doing things differently when we come out of this pandemic because we've learned some lessons along the way, I think. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that we can all agree on and be confident <laughs> in is that when when we do come out of this, it, it will be different. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I, I guess Scott, uh, I mean, this conversation could go on <laughs> forever. It's it's an important conversation, and uh, you know, just some good good uh, points that have been made. But we do have to start wrapping it up. And 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 Scott, I, I think it'd be great if if we um, you know, asked our panelists, you know, if you could give one little piece of advice, um, you know, that maybe you've used or, or that, that you, you think might be useful to others in getting through, um, you know, the next couple of months, what would it be? What do you think, Scott? Good way to end? Yeah, yeah, I, I would be very interested to see some, some, some tips to, to, to close this off would be great. Uh, why don't, maybe we'll start with, uh, with Jeannie and then we'll move on to uh, Wayne and Helen. Yeah, I think we brought up a lot of good points and certainly um, from a family counseling perspective, um, I think we just need to remember to be kind to each other uh, and to remember that there are people who are alone. And if there's some way to check in on them, um, even just like you said, Dolores, your neighbors, we, we should know who our neighbors are and, and just check in and, and remember that um, that there are a lot of people that are in a, a more difficult spot than we are. We're fortunate to be working and to be surrounded by family, but that's not the way for everyone. Um, and if people are out there and they are struggling, don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call and ask for help. There are, um, there's a number of resources. Um, you know, we've got a walk-in, a virtual walk-in. Um, and it's just, it's hard to pick up the phone, just like it's hard to put those shoes on to go for the walk. Um, but you'd be surprised that maybe even half an hour chatting with, with somebody outside of your circle um, might do to, to help you. Great advice. Go ahead, Wayne. Oh, I find my most difficult times in life are when I'm thinking about yesterday or worrying about tomorrow, and I'm not focusing on the reality of, of the here and now. And I came across this saying several decades ago and when I find myself feeling down it goes yesterday is history tomorrow's a mystery today is a gift that's why we call it the present mm. perfect I love that <laughs> well that that was good Wayne <laughs> um yeah, and, and I think that, that just the mindfulness is, is helpful, just to focus on uh, what you have in your life that's good. Um, and, and as I always say to my daughter, uh, two things, one day at a time, and this too shall pass, hopefully. <laughs> that's about it. There's a lot of great, uh, great wisdom there, uh, and I'd like to thank uh, Jeannie and Wayne and Helga for uh, for your.
your time today. It was a great conversation, uh, and you know, lots to talk about. And I'm sure we could continue it for a long time. But there's a lot of great information today, so thank you. Um, really appreciate it. And uh, Dolores, what's what's on tap for next week? Yeah, well, well, before I tell you what's on tap, I just I I want to thank you guys as well. I mean, I haven't seen uh, any of you for a while. So Wayne and Helga, I really look forward to seeing you at, at some of the social events in Niagara Falls again, as soon as we're all able to uh, safely do that. And Jeannie, girls' nights. You know it. <laughs> Coming soon. I, I feel it. I feel it in my bones. <laughs> all right. So next week, uh, we're going to be talking about how people are managing working from home. So many of us have had to make a quick shift to a home office, and uh, we've been working in this way for a while. Uh, joining us for the conversation will be Mike Cressman from the Cressman Agency, Carolyn Mullen, Associate Director for Strategic Partnerships at Niagara College, and Alou McCabe uh, with Trusted Time. To all of our listeners, um, please send us the topics that you're talking about because we want to talk about them too. Thanks again for tuning in, and have yourselves a wonderful day. Thanks. Thank you very Appreciate much. Appreciate it.